I'm ready. Welcome. Um, B-Movie Battle, episode 66, Nick Cage cast 44, 8mm, 1999, versus Bad Lieutenant Port of Call, New Orleans, 20, 2019, rather. And 2009. 2009, thank you. Yeah. Well, let's get to the intros. Um, I have two intros here, because I made one a while ago for Shitty Movie Showdown, where Nick Cage, I was joking that Nick Cage didn't want me to do uh, Con Air. So it's me watching Con Air with the footage from 8mm, so I thought that's appropriate here. Welcome to the show, Phoenix West, You're, Dick Dickett. Dick Dickett. I can hear myself again on the recording on your end. Fix it. Okay, it's done. I can't hear myself anymore. This gives you a whole new perspective, though, because you had never seen The Sopranos, you know, and now you got Tony Soprano in 8mm. Now, is he the same character, or is he a different character in this movie? Well, he gets uh, beaten with the butt of, uh, butt of a gun and set a fire, so I don't think it's the same character. I have a small feeling. You made me sick. Well, I also knew I knew who James Gandolfini was because I saw the Mexican and this and right, True, right, True right, Romance but, but and you know a bunch Tony of stuff. Tony Soprano is who he is known for forever and ever. Yeah, can't deny that. I'm on season yeah. five right now, by the way. Wow, I am I am burning through it. You're burning through them, yeah. Shit. <clears throat> uh, have you gotten to Have you gotten to the Ben Kingsley episode yet? No. Okay, that one's fucking hilarious. They just introduced Steve Buscemi on the news. Okay. But he's not appeared on the actual show yet. Oh, he's coming. Yeah, he'll be Yeah, there. yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Robert Loja has showed up. Yeah. But, uh, all right. So, 8mm. Hold on. Let me do my props. 8mm versus. How do I do this? Versus Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans. Or if you watch the credits, The Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans. Look at yes. the back of this DVD or Blu-ray for Port of Call New Orleans. Oh, no, I have it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love that movie. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. <clears throat> all right, so first we're going to discuss 8mm. Yes, please. Um, not at length. I don't want to go too late tonight. We've been going pretty late on these these Nick Cage ones, and tonight's it, not it the happens. night. Uh, we're just going to do a... Because I've seen this several times. I assume you have as yes. well, 8mm. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So... 
Um, generic questions. When's the first time you saw this? What do you think of it then? Or what do you think of it then? What do you think of it now? I was trying to remember that because I don't think I... I, I want to say I, did, I didn't see this in theater. I think I rented it. I can't remember if I saw it in theater or not. I don't think I did. Um, which is surprising because I, I would have seen this movie in theater. So maybe I did. I take that back. I think I saw this in the theater. I'm almost positive that I did. Because I see when, it, when was the release of this movie? You don't know? It, February 26, 1999. I had I had to have seen this movie in theaters. I had to have. I just don't remember. I don't I don't recollect. It seems like something you remember. I, well, that's the thing. Because I, I saw Bringing Out the Dead, which came out in the winter time of that year. So Nick Cage is having a nice year here in 1999. He's got, you know, this not, movie. Not box office wise. Well, this one wasn't a bomb. No, this but this movie two years previous, f- killing well, it. I mean, well, two years previous, that was the height of his career. That they it, it just went but then again, I don't know if that's true because National Treasure hasn't come out yet either. And those yeah. were two big movies. So you gotta give him credit there. He he has these little spurts up and down. Like he he and Travolta share one thing in common. Their box office gold stopped in 2000, 2008. That was like the last time any of them had a hit. Because John Schulte was in Hairspray, and I think Nick Cage was in a movie that made money, but then that was it, and he just kind of... He's been Dick Cage ever since. I don't there. agree. I'm Cage, since then, Cage has had a better career. Oh, no, I would say yes, but they've both been regulated to, to Redbox movies. Um, Redbox movie land. Nick Cage has kind of had a little bit better of a career than John Travolta. Not even a little. It's a fucking shit ton. Well, John Travolta was in the great OJ, the people versus OJ Simpson. Yeah, and he got ridiculed he, crazy, and then he also got ridiculed like crazy for that Gotti movie. And the man Gotti, is, that was the career ender right there. Yeah, and also his son died. Yeah, that piece of so shit. No, that happened. That was that kind of wrecked his career too, and his wife died. So Josh Travolta's had a pretty rough last 15, 20 years. Yeah, I'm not talking about the man personally. I'm just the movies that happened. Well, I think that all ties in. But think just Ghost Rider and National Treasure movies alone. Nick Cage has done yeah. better. And then he has that new movie, that Unbearable Way to Master Talent, which has done really well. Yeah, but nobody saw it. It didn't make any money. It was kind of a bomb. But nobody, nobody cared, we fucking but, uh, saw it. Yeah, I saw the theater. When's the we last time the you were like, oh, the new John Travolta movie? Because he looks like he's doing movies that Bruce Willis is saying no to. <laughs> and Bruce Willis can't say anything anymore. <laughs> Poor bastard. His brain is turning to mush. But 8 millimeter, the budget estimate was $40 million. The worldwide gross was $96 million. So not not great. Double, I mean, you know, okay. I wouldn't say it's a hit, but I wouldn't say it's a bomb. But well, this is also back when they sold physical copies. Yeah. This is probably my third copy of this movie. Yeah, it probably did well in the aftermarkets. Yeah. Hey, I'm noticing a pattern here with these two movies today. <laughs> Look at that. Look oh, at this. wow. Interesting. <laughs> That's really interesting. That's hilarious. <laughs> I never noticed that. So did you know Russell Crowe agreed to do the film with Joe yes. Schumacher? That's, I did not know. I that. read the trivia uh, when I was watching the movie. Ah, Okay. Yeah, he agreed if he could burn the child pornography on screen. 
That was his one stipulation. And they were like about to shoot it. And they're like, all right, here we go. Oh, Cage wants to do it. And we can double our budget. All right, bye, Russell Crowe. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> this is before, you know, Gladiator and all the all that. So I get it. Right before. Right yeah, before. Makes sense. Yeah, right before. And then oh, I bet you then she'll never return Joel Schumacher's calls again. If he could call. He was dead. His calls he from was, hell. That's where he, gay guys go. Russell Crowe needs a shovel or a, or a wire that goes into the grave site of Joel Schumacher. <laughs> yeah, twice that episode. Yeah, exactly. He needs a you know, night call, and night call is Joel Schumacher. No, it's a. Uh, I I I I saw this movie when it came out. Uh, when it first came out on VHS, me and my friends. It must, so it was a year after. So whenever that came on VHS, we, me and my friends watched it, and then we're sitting there, and that's uh, that's what I was starting to think when I was watching this, because I recently got in, got in contact back with those friends from back in high school, we started talking about stuff. But eight millimeter was one that we watched, and that's why I when I we were Frank and I were doing our impression of the killer reveal in this movie, I was doing the dorky. What did you expect? It's because that's what me and my friends were doing when we watched it. Right, and I just remember that when during that scene, I'm like, "Oh yeah," like that's not what he sounds like, but that's what it felt like he should sound like. So me and my friend Zach from high school would do that voice all the time. <laughs> what did you expect? <laughs> Doesn't sound anything like him. No, but yeah, that's I have a lot of memories of this movie. I've only seen it three times. I want to say. <clears throat> well, another connection to Russell Crowe, Joaquin Phoenix is Max yeah. California who ends up being in Gladiator the next year, and his star becomes just as big as Russell Crowe's, really, as time goes on. Because, shit, Joaquin Phoenix nominated for a bunch of Oscars and the Joker. I mean, he's he's a superstar, Joaquin Phoenix. You can't deny that. Joaquin Phoenix is a big reason my first name. Yeah, well, he's a great actor. But yeah. He's a cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo bird, but other than that. I don't think he is. I think he wants to pretend like he is. You don't think you think it's an act like he, yeah? You have to stop feeding feeding buying milk from the cows and their babies. Yeah, he did a whole movie about this pretend character he was doing. Remember, this is true. Yeah, I but don't. That was with his friend Casey Affleck, who no longer works in the industry <laughs> because Casey Affleck got me tooed. I can't imagine why. I can't imagine why. Let me oh, suck on your tits. <laughs> I just want to suck on your tits. That was in a. That documentary they made, the faux documentary. Oh, I, I never even saw that. Did you I ever just, watch it? It's, no, I remember the they before the movie came watching. out when he was advertising it. Remember he was doing yeah. his Joaquin Phoenix lost his mind and he's on like David Letterman. He's like, right, yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. on? And he gets crazy, and I was like, this yeah. is this is a character. I get it. Yeah, it's fake. Yeah, it's, but then it's people Andy were Kaufman like, oh my god, yeah. No. So once you once you like watch these people, you rate your radar kind of expands but people would you know if you're not into this stuff and you don't know who Andy Kaufman is you're just kind of watching it like oh the guy's crazy right yeah it's like yeah he's trying to fool you're like okay it's it's watch the prestige if you want to understand artists artists and the way they think watch the prestige it's a it's a palpable movie for modern audiences who are like just into like you know they may go see Jurassic World 28 and be happy with it but like prestige is is about as far as the normal normie could go with I think art, artistic blockbuster. I think prestige is the prime example of an artistic blockbuster. I had a good experience or watching art house blockbuster. Yeah. Watching the prestige in the theater, 
Oh, yeah. Because I was the girl I was dating at the time, and then her really, really, really dumb friend. And I was like, I, that movie's amazing. I need to go see that again. She, he was a twin. <laughs> and uh, the girlfriend was like, yeah, I loved it. And then her really, 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 I can't stress really enough, dumb friend was was just like, why did we go to, like, I was like, oh. <laughs> like, Don't say a word, you fucking stupid bitch. Shut, up. You shut the fuck up on the way home. Don't ruin this for me. I'm still examining the movie. God damn. Yeah, I love the, the Prestige, I've seen The Prestige like 15 times. I love that movie. It's such a great movie. What you want is really expensive. Dr. Mr. Angio. <laughs> Mr. Angios. I've already built it. Yeah, you got fucking David, David Bowie, Bowie as Tesla. Tesla. The fuck? Like, what the hell? I remember seeing that trailer because I was working at the ArcLight uh, when that movie was coming out and the trailer was on and Bowie was in it. You're just like, what the fuck is this movie? When's it coming out? You got fucking Batman and fucking Wolverine in a movie with Alfred and uh, David Bowie. And, <laughs> They're all magicians. And uh, uh, Black, what's her name? Rebecca Hall? No. Black Widow's in it? Black Widow. Scott Johansson, yeah. blanked on that. Scott Johansson's in there. Yeah. Rebecca Hall, who was in Iron Man 3, is in there. Rebecca Hall. uh, Okay, so I watched The Night House. I brought this up last week. Yes. It was what I thought, and it was good. I I can't really praise it more than that. It's it's a solid movie that, that avoids a lot of cliches, which I always appreciate. Very good. That's all I can give it. Definitely worth the watch. Moving on. 8mm. Um, like I said, seen it about three times. Second time I watched it, I was like, oh, okay. Because it, it is a movie that, just like last week, I think these two movies, he did them back-to-back, are very similar. Uh, Bringing Out yes. the Dead and 8mm. Very yes. similar movies. Yeah. Um, both directed by respected directors. One way more than the other, obviously, but... Um, yeah, Schumacher, was... Schumacher has a way better track record than Scorsese does. Let's face it. Come on, let's be honest. Come on, come on now. Who fucking cares about Scorsese? Did Scorsese ever come up with the idea of bat nipples? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, phone booth, the Lost Boys. Come on now. Uh, Scorsese and then Schumacher did a tried to do a Scorsese movie with falling down, and it's good. That's fine. It's really good. Yeah. Joel Schumacher has a better career than most directors. Yeah. He's one of those, you know, kind of middle of the road, you know, not so great, but not so bad directors. The problem with Schumacher is there's a line with like good movies over here, bad movies over here. And he doesn't go like, oh, so close. He's like way over here, way the fuck over here. And you're like, yeah, because he's made classics. He's made some great fucking movies and he made some of the worst shit ever. And two of them have Nick Cage in it because... He did Trespass in 2011 with Nick Cage. It's oh, fucking really? terrible. Oh, that's bad. Him and yeah. Nicole Kimmon, it's it's fucking terrible. Yeah, I never watched that one. That's a Redbox classic. Yes, it is. So, 8mm. Uh, it is an uncomfortable movie to watch, similar to Bringing Out the Dead. That's why I compare them. Especially with five-year-old kids running around. Yeah. So, I had to watch this. I woke up, you know, 7 in the morning. Did you watch it when there's a when your kids are having a party and all the kids are over? And you're trying to watch eight millimeter in the big TV. And it's weird because I I have there. an eight millimeter uh, print of this, so I was trying to watch it in my basement. 
and uh, on my couch where I shoot my scenes with the other kids. But I was like, you know I need to watch. Can you guys? I, okay, you have the week off. Can you guys get the fuck out of here? I'm trying to. Go outside. Go see Maverick. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch this movie. And they kept interrupting. No, I was watching the baby. Uh, and the baby's like in his bouncer, like, Yee! And then I'm like. <laughs> yeah, you're watching. He's killing that lady. Great. Hey. And I kept like, I'm like, this is a weird juxtaposition. Because I'm like, yeah. during the finale when he's, when he's killing the machine. Yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah, yeah. feeding the baby food, and I'm like, "Oh fuck, what happened?" Because he's suddenly in the next scene. I heard the rewind. I'm like, "Oh yeah, he stabs him." You better him. not turn out like the machine, little man. Yeah. You better not end up like this guy. If you're gonna do anything, turn out like Mr. Soprano there, or turn out like a Dino Velvet. At least he has some artistry to his work. Yeah. Not like this. He reminded me of the girl <laughs> from the Matrix when he dies. Yeah. Not like this. Kill them. Kill them all, machine. Kill them all. What cinematic? <laughs> And who shot him in the throat? Was it uh, Clifton or the guy that was in yeah, Size of the Lambs? Yeah. It's the guy who I call Brant from Big Lebowski because that's what he was. He's the <laughs> yes, rich, hoity-toity black yes. or white man working for the rich person. Yes, he's the cleaner for the Mr. For the Ur- his urban achievers. <laughs> yes. Yes, and proud of them, we all are. <laughs> yeah, it's yes, just that yes, guy. He yes. shoots because he shoots uh, with a gun. He shoots Brant in the chest, and then he's like... Because they no, no, kill with the, with the arrow. Yeah, well, they kill um, a walking phoenix right in that sequence. That he he's tied up to a dark board or something. They shoot him with an arrow. They kill him with an arrow or the guy with a gun. I can't remember. He he sliced him open. Is that what who the knife? He killed him with a knife. Yeah. Okay. Peter Stormare does. Yeah, yeah. I love flattery. <laughs> that will get you everywhere. It's a oh, it's a. Dark, depressing movie about people. I hope just fall over Duh. dead. Like if I could do the yeah. Thanos snap, they'd that, yeah. the whole room would just go. <laughs> like it would just be like like a volcano erupted. Just be ash. Right? Yeah, it's just gross. It's it's, it's gross disgusting, especially when they show like he's walking through, and I didn't. We haven't even set up the movie yet, but um, okay. So l- let me backtrack a little bit. Eight millimeter. Um, Nick Cage is a private eye. He gets hired. It's like a Sherlock Holmes intro where he goes to the manor and he talks to the rich white lady. My husband just died and, oh, he left so many troubles. He always did the finances and what I'm going to do. And, oh, here's Brent. What the fuck his name is in this? And then he's like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll do this for you. All right. So it's like a film noir voice that Cage is doing. All right. I'll track him down and uh, oh, I'll find him. And, and she's oh, like, yeah. No, she goes, all right, th- we, everything was normal except for this. And she hands him the 8mm film, and he's like, let's, right. let's say she, and then he, she's like, go watch it. And he watches it, and it's, it's a snuff <laughs> film. <laughs> yeah, I played the it in the intro. Yeah, the, the overacting of Nick Cage is like at 11 in that scene. Oh, yeah. He, he's ripping off <gasps> hardcore. Yeah, I, you want to talk about that, so go right ahead. Well, I mean, hardcore is the only, like, there's two movies that are basically based in this world, hardcore and this one. Cruising, which is the Pacino. That one goes way further than that's most of way, movies. That that's like a, a journey into the gay. S and M, New York seventies. It's a cruising. I think is actually darker and more and more dirtier than this movie. I mean, cruising's well, cruising's bad. like a Gaspar Noe movie compared to these. Yeah, and it's a William Friedkin movie. Yeah, it's so it's, it's fucked up. Like 
I have not he? seen uh, the George C. Scott movie that we're talking Hardcore. I've not seen yeah, that. Hardcore is just pretty genteel compared to cru- cruising is one of the hardest moves I've ever I've ever had to watch. Is cruising is not like take no prisoners like they're really showing going documentary style these gay clubs and this is like really nasty stuff you're seeing and you can imagine where monkeypox comes from when you see that shit you're like yeah yeah that's probably why you got monkeypox I mean they they got guys on racks and they're they're like fisting them in in one scene and cruising it's just like oh my god it's it's really and then and then uh Pacino gets so deep into undercover, you think at the end that he's becoming, he's becoming what? Which is again, that was the controversy. Was like, was he turning gay, and they were turning him into a into a gay man? Because at the end, he's like into it, and like you don't know if he's participating or not. And then he's losing his girlfriend, Karen Allen, who's played by Karen Allen in Cruising. Did they come out the same year, Cruising and? Hardcore. I'm talking about like 1980. I feel like they did. I think Cruising is 80, and so is Hardcore. I got double check. Hardcore might be like 81. Hardcore might be 79, but I think Hardcore is 80s. Cruising is 1980. Yeah, I know that. And then Hardcore. Hardcore, I think Hardcore is like 81. Hardcore is 1979. Okay, so the year before. So so. it is is the year before. But so I think yeah. But one is. Cruising is more like a journal, journal, journalistic experience in that world yes. than hardcore. No, hard, hardcore is a father's point of a father looking for a daughter, yeah. and cruising is an undercover cop yeah. looking for a killer, a serial killer who's just targeting gay men. It felt like and they were trying to do yeah. cruising. Feels like the dirty Harry with the dirty emphasis on dirty, <laughs> dirty like, ass Harry. But what well, the reason I brought up Gaspar Noe is because that movie Irreversible that we watched in film school. Oh, yeah. you remember that? That yeah, yeah. that reminded me of Cruising because there's yeah. scenes in there he goes in that club and the guys are like, Ugh! and you see yeah, like yeah. a fucking oh, like, god damn like it's like I don't I don't want to be a part of this world. I'm okay. I'm fine. Have and here's fun. The thing. I don't want to be part of this. I don't give a shit if you tell a dude fucking another dude. I don't care. But when I see a fist go in there, or an instrument that's larger than. I can imagine being inside my body medically. I, I, I just I'm like, out. I, I, I'm out. nothing that goes hit and then separates oh! after it's in there. No, it's I mean, no, thank you. It's, it's, I don't need a, a bowling pin in my anal cavity. Yeah. But Pacino was doing a bunch of those, you know, movies in the seventies and eighties, like uh, well, yeah, Panic and Needle Park. And... Yeah. T- like he was, he was just experimenting dog the afternoon. And that was a fun time of that, that, that era. Yeah. You could do whatever you want. Yeah. And then he started realizing, oh, shit, I want to make money. I should start doing more sort of. Well, he already had his audience. Oscars at that point. Well, no, he didn't have an Oscar yet. He didn't get one for yet. Godfather? No, he was not. He never won. He oh. only won for Scent of a Woman. Didn't know that. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. He only won for Scent of a Woman. And I think he won. A... You're much no, better at Oscars won. than I am. I just yeah, assumed he won. he won for that. No, okay. he never won. He only won for Scent of a Woman. He's won lots of Emmys because he's done like Jack. Um, he did, yeah, you know, all the HBO Jack, movies. And then he did he did the the uh, Phil Spector movie, and he's those are really good. And he did the the um, the the um, Joe Paterno story movie, which he was really good in. So yeah, he, he does better on cable. I feel. I do want to see. You don't know Jack. It's very good. 
Yeah, it's worth watching. Jack it's on HBO Max. Jack Kevorkian was was uh, put Max. on trial in my very very small town in Michigan. There you go. That's why I want to see it. Yeah, go. It's, it's on HBO Max. Yeah, I just and, and so is the Phil Spector movie too. That was yeah. great too, because when he comes in with that hair and, and Helen Mirren's his lawyer, and she just looks at him. She's like, "We're fucked." Like she just says, "We're fucked." And like that, that's it. That the case is over. Yeah. And he was he was he was innocent. They proved it. There was there was evidence that he just he was such a fucking crazy man, crazy rich white man that they just put him away because he was just nuts. But he wasn't a murderer. He just was crazy. It's the opposite of Robert Blake. Great. Yeah, a poor man who killed his wife, but she was a bitch, so nobody really cared. Yeah, his wife was a cut. Allegedly, no got killed. Allegedly, oh, she's, no. She's dead. Legally, no. He's not though. We said he killed his wife. No, I think. He's oh, he dead. is dead. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Was, uh, yeah, no, he killed his wife. His estate could come after us because they're definitely watching this. What estate? <laughs> kidding. The Beretta estate. The Beretta estate might come after us. The Lo- David Lynch Lost Highway fans are going to get in an uproar. <laughs> give me my lawsuit. Give me my motherfucking. Give me my fucking lawsuit give back. Me my fucking lawsuit. <laughs> oh my god. I gotta watch Lost Highway again. Yeah, I do too. It's uh, it's been a while. Done, I'm almost done watching a racer head. I can only do it in sections because I'm just like the. And that's fuck what sucks is, is part of the experience is sitting there watching it, like watching. I'm not a guy who goes, "You need to watch this so your brain will melt." I go, "You need to watch right. this to feel how angry you get." Yeah. <laughs> because I don't watch shit and go, "Oh, that changed my." Brain. I go, "Fuck you, David Lynch. Fuck you so bad." I, like Josh What's and your and Josh and Jay on on Red Letter Media. I yeah. will never be on your side with that sort of shit. I just won't. They, they like those kooky, quirky John Waters, John esque uh, movies. Just the really awkward, weird. John thing. Waters, David Lynch shit. I just, I can't Lynch, fucking yeah. stand it. Yeah. I do, I do like David Lynch a lot. When he does specific stuff, that's not just trying to be weird for weird's sake. It's right. the Andy Warhol effect. I call it. Yeah. Here's some soup cans. Okay, then fuck you. Then that's all. You, well, Madonna four times. Great. Fuck you. Fuck you, Andy love, Warhol. Well, and, and Wild at Heart, a Nick Cage movie with David Lynch. I finally watched that. I need to watch that one. I think I've seen pieces of it, but I never saw the whole thing. That is on the I docket, I believe. I love you. You get to see Laura Dern's titties. I know that. You do, and that. you wish you didn't. Because you realize it's Laura Dern. Laura Dern! Our next episode is Amos and Andrew. Oh, After I'm that curious. is The Blob 58 versus 88. Really? Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's a, that's that's new. And then we're doing we Family do Man now? versus Trespass, the other Jules Schumacher. Uh, oh, my God. There's no data in that. And then Man. Wild at Heart. Wow. So we got a year before you were at Wild at Heart. It might be a while because I put a lot of John Carpenter movies ahead of them because I want to get done with that show so we can just be done I with an we entire show. John Carpenter. We still have two. Pro-Life, Assault on Priestly 13, Starman. Memoirs of Invisible Man, That's The Ward. Five. Oh. And then, you know, Captain Voyeur, I put as a little short, like, five-minute episode that we can do. And then we're doing the ranking episodes, and then we're the fuck done with that. Yeah, but we were doing that when Adam was alive, so this is like a two-year excursion into the John Carpenter wilderness. Now, we got one more Nick Cage ones, Amos and Andrew, and then nothing on the docket for a long time. It's, oh, okay, all, it's all John Carpenter after that. Wow, okay. And I, was, I want to be done with that. I want to be done with that yeah, show. that's fine. 
But um, back to eight millimeter. Yeah. Uh, it's it's again. I don't. I think it's a good movie. I like the movie. But I guess Andrew Kevin Walker, the writer, had a tiff with Joel Schumacher. They changed the script on him, and he walked away. And he actually never talked to Joel Schumacher since, ever again, really. So I'm kind of curious what the original intent of the movie was. It was it darker? Was it more like it was nihilistic? Is that the idea? It was supposed to be more dark, less focus on the family, more you know hardcore. But the, right. does that, does he not realize? What the NCAA or not necessarily what the NPAA does? I'll go say, you see that movie Eight Millimeter? <laughs> Charles it, Barkley, I love that stuff. Does he not realize how they rate movies? He, yeah, he, no, he should he, know that going in. We should know that because Fight Club and and uh, and Seven, he already had to deal with them with like NC Seventeen issues. And here's the problem with with Fight Club. He should realize how stupid they are. It was the same year as this, but. Yeah, yeah. Well, Fight okay. Club. They had a brutal beating scene where he beats Angel face or Angel in the face. Right. Yeah. With yeah, a, yeah. a Jared Leto, and the beating itself wasn't rated as poorly with the with the MPAA as the crowd reaction scene was. Right. So him punching him in the face was a pass. Him, and then it cuts to the crowd going, "Oh, that was rated worse." Right, yeah. Well, it's, it's just it's the stupidity of the NPA. We don't need it. It doesn't need to exist. They should eliminate it. There's no point to even have a ratings board anymore. There isn't a code. We don't have that society anymore, so just let it go. I'm fine they, with... They have power. I am fine with... They need to have two systems for this. Is this for kids? Like, YouTube does this. For kids or not for kids? That's it. Right, yeah. After that, you're an adult. Do what you will. Yeah. But you're not an adult. This one's for you then. Here's a here's your Pixar movie. Right. And that's it. That's all you really need. Like, beyond that, I mean, you could have warnings saying extreme violence. or Because, you know, otherwise you're showing, like, a fucking dick going on a throat. And, like, you didn't expect that. I get it, but. <laughs> right. So maybe three <laughs> categories. For kids. <laughs> for adults. Dick going down a throat. <laughs> Dick throat. <laughs> Holy shit. But apparently there's a whole subcategory in the basement of this place called Dick going down a child's throat. No. Which, did you see that? When Nick Cage is in the basement there? Because he hires. Nah. He's trying to figure out who killed, who, if this girl's dead, if she's real, if she's, you know, where she is. Tracks her down right. to California, goes there, meets Joaquin Phoenix. He hires him to take him to these weird subcultures and these basement pornography shops. Right. The second one he goes in, when he's looking around and he sees a box and it's like child. That's all it says. Yeah, I remember like saying that. Yeah, seeing picking that. Picking up the photos and he's like, uh, yeah. sets them back down. I'm like, this is where I would take my hill to die on. Cage yeah. chooses the very end for a girl who's already dead. I go, ah, fuck no. I burn that box. Yeah, I would, I would kill everybody in that basement. That that basement, like I said, there wouldn't fucking be anything Thanos left snap. alive. Yeah, they'd be dead. When I see the child box and just a guy casually go like, oh, two for five, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Oh, three for ten. I don't give a shit. Those kids are dead anyway. Yeah, fine. Don't matter. It's all fake. What do you want? They're 18. (laughs) No, they're not. Little Susie, like, no. There's a whole, like, mythos in this movie where snuff films aren't real. They're real. They're real. Of course they're real. Yeah, it's the dark web's got them, and... A lot of ex-porno stars go out that way because they're so fucked up on drugs 
that they have nothing left to live for, and so they just say like this is their last hurrah to pay off their family debt or something, to to take care of their family or something. They get paid like big money to get murdered on screen. Isn't life wonderful, kids? <laughs> That's a website somewhere you can actually see a bunch of uh, adult actors like what was their what was their death dates and how did they die and like 90 percent of them is like drug overdose and like five percent is snuff film you're like oh my god that's fucking terrible it's like ooh, this is this is some deep shit i don't feel like humanity doesn't deserve any more chances uh when i watch the news it's like the guy kills seven kids i'm like oh that's fucked up but that's like a one-off but then I see that what happens on the dark web. Yeah. It's like videos people pay for where you go kill that kill a random citizen with a hammer. Right. Because that shit's real. And that makes me go, all right, we had our chance. Uh, we need a... Well, we, that's why I don't go to the cities. They're a mess. We I'm need a cabin in the woods thing to happen. Yeah, yeah. L.A., I'm, I'm never going back. That place is just getting worse and worse every day. That shit's New fucked York, up. Forget it. Don't even take the subway anymore. Forget it. It's just... It's just that period right now we're in. It'll get better, but it's going to take 10 years. But um, we need a- eight, mil- 8 millimeter just makes you feel happy. It's just a happy movie. Whereas Port of New Orleans... Port of Call New the- Orleans. Port of Call New Orleans is not a sequel to Bad Lieutenant, which is what always cracks me up. Hey, we're not on that, that was- yet. Oh, I thought we were moving on. No, you were moving on. I was trying to get us out of this awful, dark... Pit. There's a background oh, change. There. There's a green screen change that has to happen. Oh. Come on. Well, this is the this is the versus section, right? We're versing these movies together. No, it's a couple things I want to say about this movie, though. Oh, okay. um, uh, I did have a, a little fantasy there when I'm watching the movie, and I was like, I want a whole other movie about this movie where they debate if the snuff movie in the movie it's real or not. Do you remember that snuff film from Eight Millimeter? Was that real or not? And they. That's the movie. It's real. <laughs> Remember the oh, saddest shit mom and he hides the, he takes the toilet diary from her. <laughs> he goes and visits Norman Reedus as a, his first role where he's a piss and shit janitor, just like he becomes in uh, Walking Dead. Well, Norman Reedus isn't a very good actor. <laughs> he's not that good. He's barely he's just... in this movie. He's, ba- he's barely, I mean, just, I think he's gotten better with time, but that's just, I think, practice if you do 100 plus episodes of television you're gonna get better but he's just in other movies he's not very good i do like him in boondock saints yeah 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 we watched that john uh, carpenter movie that he was in the, the not movie tv show technically masters of horror the right cigarette burns cigarette burns yeah, and then I also do walking okay. dead on the show or on the yeah. network so this is my yeah. third time really dealing with the guy and you're a Norman Reedus uh, expert. I like him. I like Norman Reedus. I don't love him. I don't get the love, but I do like him. He's he's a fine actor, from what I've seen of him. I like him as a person. He's a nice guy, and like, yeah, yes, he does a lot of stuff for like. He's he rides his motorcycle a lot. He has fun with people. He likes. He's with Keanu Reeves. He's a nice guy. I don't think he's a bad guy. Just as an actor, he just I doesn't do anything. For well, me. you could say the same about Keanu Reeves. Say the same thing. Well, sure, yeah. Like Keanu Reeves has gotten better with time. I think he's a better actor now than he was 20 years ago. Go look at Bram Stoker's Dracula. Holy shit. He ruins that movie. But you watch uh, certain episodes of uh, Walking Dead. I'm like, he's really yeah, good. He's getting better. He's and you can better. tell when he's not interested because they're not writing shit for him. And he's just like, 
He literally becomes Negan's piss and shit janitor for like a season and a half where he's just mopping mm. up. And I'm like, oh, this is where he learned how to be a janitor. In prison, in this episode, in this movie. Mm-hmm. And my other thought was, how quickly would we fail at this case? If we were handed this, on, throwing this on our lap and go, you have unlimited money, go find this girl. And all you get is that 8 millimeter print. How quickly would you give up and fail? Oh, I'd solve it. I, I'd, I'd take care of it like that. I, I'm going to give it like... I would go to James Gandolfini, and I'd be like, "This guy's a pervert scumbag. I'm going to find out what he knows." But he he he'll know something. You realize how many threads deep the James Gandolfini reveal is, yeah. which I think honestly we would have given up by then. <laughs> ah, okay. The two of us together, I think we would fix it. We would, we'd, we'd be fine. We can solve we can solve the world's problems. If I was be by myself without any sort of like pressure, I'd be like three yeah, days. I'd be like. Still, I'd be still like in the that. library looking at pictures of people. Yeah. Fuck Because he pulls up that photograph of her and he goes, right. that's... Yeah. And I go, that... Okay. So I would be lost right there. Right off the bat. I'm done. I'm being honest. Like, no, I I'm not... Fi- I have still pictures from this movie. I gotta find this girl. Well, he would know. Because you would have figured out who Machine was. Because that's a pretty distinct character in the back like doing the doing the thing so all you have to do is ask around be like hey where's that you guys know uh you go to the dark underground is there is there a guy that wears a mask and kills people named the machine you know where's that guy at two thoughts there uh second thought first um they wouldn't know because even james gandafini doesn't know because he was he wears the mask in he wears the mask out and he lives in yeah, the suburbs, and he lives with his mom. They don't know who the fuck he is. No, I know, but that would be the first thought. point. You the first thought. Yeah. The biggest problem with that is they don't know who the fuck that guy is. So uh, he doesn't know who he is until way later in the movie. Yeah. So he doesn't know he has those tattoos until he watches the other movies, which right. is way down the trail. That's like 45 steps down the trail. I would have given up as soon as I got in that photo thing. I probably wouldn't be able to talk the guy into let me watch the. I'd be like, "Hey, I'm a I'm a cop. You believe that, right? No, oh, fuck. All right, bye." And oh, I'd be oh. stuck on the internet, which in 1999 is nothing. Yeah, early internet that would have been yeah that would have been horrible. Yeah. Well, nowadays, so I'm thinking 99, not not nowadays. We just do the facial recognition thing and find that girl. Yeah, you've done a week. Yeah, so so back then, doing what he did, on well, the steps he did, I'm lost at the library looking at the photographs. Because I would be like, oh, this is so fucking sad. That this is one of 10,000 boxes in here of lost kids. <laughs> God damn, fuck this. You know, that's well, he does get sad, though. Nick Cage, like, loses himself in this world, and he can't even go back to his wife and kid. Like, toward the end there, he's, he's basically PTSD'd up the ass. That's what I, he's all That's up. one of the things I love about this is uh, yeah. that aspect of it. With Catherine Keener plays his wife, yeah, some ugly fucking baby plays his daughter, and the Joaquin Phoenix role has a line where he goes, "What, what does he say about the devil?" Oh, um, I bet it's going to be an IMDb. God damn it! He has a line there when he. It's going to be. Yeah, I know what you're talking. I know what you're talking the about. The devil doesn't um, change or something like that. The devil changes you. Yeah, you're not going to change the devil. You, you He's dance, the devil. You dance with the devil. You try the to pale, change the devil. Pale moonlight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what you're you thinking. You dance with the devil. No, he goes, 
you go looking for the devil. He's not oh, going to look for the devil to change. He's not going to change. He's a, you change. Something like there that. There are some things that you see and you can't unsee them. Know what I mean? And then um, here it is. If you dance with the devil, the devil don't change. The devil changes you. Yeah. Some of your lyrics. That's cute. But it, and it, he has a scene later on where he comes back and he's watching this movie with him. They, they decide that these snuff films they bought are fake. This is the same actress. And then he goes, he's like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go head back. I'll see you tomorrow. And he goes, you want to hang out? And he's like, no, no, I'm good. And he's like, he's already changing you. Like yeah. that, that part works because it's true. Because if we were in this world, it'd be hard to come back. It really, because it's it not like I want to like fucking jerk off to this shit, but like, right, yeah, man, yeah. I would fuck with your brain. You, a piece of you is going to be gone. It's true. And then, uh, what are you reading? The book, the California reading is anal secretary. Catchy title. What are you really reading? Hard to believe that book's got any parts worth highlighting. Truman Capote. Cold blood. Capote. Capote. Uh, Capote. Yeah, well, you know how it is. Yeah, wouldn't want to embarrass yourself in front of your fellow perverts. <laughs> I love that one. Uh, hey, who's in that movie that they made of that of that book? Oh, uh, Clifton Collins Jr. and uh, Daniel Craig's in the other one. But uh, Clifton Collins Jr. is, is in the uh, the good one with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. So I was thinking and that, Catherine Keener. I was thinking that Robert Blake was in it. Robert Blake was in the original. Yes. That's yeah, the original. What I was going off. Oh, okay, yeah. The, the but we were just discussing Robert Blake. Okay. In Cold Blood. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Two full circle moments. Yes. A lot of loops going on here, folks. That's how we do it. Um, it took him way too long to look at the actual film for details. It takes him until he's in L.A. and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." There's a guy, another third guy there. I'm like. I get you don't want to look at the movie, but that's kind of what your job is, and you're you're knee deep in this shit by now. So just look at the fucking movie frame by frame. Ethan Hawke it takes him five seconds in that weird fucking horror movie he did with Gabagool or where the fuck that demon was. What was that movie? Oh, uh, say it again. Um, Ethan Hawke and that. Ethan Hawke. Oh, oh yeah, Gabool or Gabool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, it's not Gabool. That was it's, my uh, Sopranos uh, thing. Um, the Gabagool. Gabagool. The big ZD. The big, uh, Bigool. Bigool. But what's the movie called? There's, there's uh, two Sinister. of them. Sinister. Sinister, thank you. Sinister and Sinister 2. Sinister 1 it. I like. Sinister 2 is, I saw it in the theater, fucking hated it. Oh, yeah. That's so bad. bad. Yeah. Here. The new one looks pretty good. The, the black phone. Oh, yeah. Oh. Can you for that one? No. Yes, it's, yes, it's yes I have. With that fucking crazy mask Dude, on. He looks like he's fucking kids. Well, he looks like he's... Willy Wonka. But it's like it looks like 70s. he survived the first Purge movie and came alive in Purge 22. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. That's what I assumed. <laughs> He's like, my family thinks I'm dead. Let's fuck some kids in a basement. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, the, uh, no, no, let's move on. So that's the end of uh, email emitter. Now let's move on. Okay. You want to talk about uh, Bad Lieutenant more than I do, so let me change the background here. You go ahead. Oh, no, it's a Bad Lieutenant, Port, uh, Bad Lieutenant Port of Call, New Orleans, is one of those little gems that comes out of nowhere, and you're just like, what is this movie? What were they thinking with this movie? What is it? Like, who even thought to do this? And to make it a Bad Lieutenant movie, as in you're, you're, 
you're aping the title of the Abel Ferrara movie with with Harvey Keitel, which was a very dark, gritty movie about a corrupt cop. But this one takes the corrupt cop, but doesn't make it gritty. It makes it more of a comedy <laughs> and more of a fun movie where it's, it's just like it, he succeeds at everything he does. He, he does everything wrong and he succeeds. And I think that was the point that, um, what, what's his name? Um, uh, oh, God. Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog. I did not have a knife in the gulag. Uh, Werner Herzog. I'll eat my own shoe if, it, oh, makes, if he finishes that movie. Oh, fuck. There's a movie called Werner Herzog Eats His Own Shoe. Because he bet a guy, he wouldn't finish his, his student movie. He did. And then he ate his own shoe and made a movie out of it. For, fucking Werner Herzog, I have some problems with. Let's just say that. <laughs> Sorry, go. No, that's fine. But uh, basically the character Nick Cage is he, he does everything wrong, but gets promoted. So everything he does, he keeps getting higher and higher up in the, in the sort of uh, the, the uh, echelon of police scene in, this, uh, in New Orleans. So it's just kind of funny, and that's what the whole movie's about, is sort of like this awful person never having to worry about. It's kind of like Husbands of, or um, uh, Match Point or, or very uh, Dostoevsky, where it's like, you know, crime and punishment, when, like, you do bad things and you get away with it because there's just no right or wrong in the universe. It's just whatever these characters do, they get away it's with it. nihilistic as fuck. Yeah. And it's anti-karma. It's funny. It's anti-karma. It's yeah. The whole point of the movie is he's a piece of shit and it fucks around on everything. He tries to fuck up his own life, but even he can't get in the way of his own success. Yeah. And that's kind of the point of it. And it's, and it's, it's, he's the anti-hero. He's, he's a literal anti-hero because the yeah. city's like, you're a fucking hero, man. He's like, I was doing blow and fucking that girl in the car that I arrested, but. Yeah. Cool, man. I solved the case. Great. Okay. And I, I did so many illegal things in the course of that. Well, apparently, um, well, I, I think they, they wanted to do the, make this a franchise of bad lieutenant movies. And that was, I think, the original idea. That, at least that was the myth I heard. I don't know if it was true, but the rumor at the time was like, this was going to be a franchise of films that were going to take a good actor in and in a, in an avant-garde director and make a movie based on a cop in some city somewhere. So like you'd have Bad Lieutenant Porter Call New Orleans, you have Bad Lieutenant Los Angeles, Bad Lieutenant, you know, Nashville. The but it never, CSI, it never happened. The CSI method. Basically, yeah, but it never happened because this movie did terrible box office. It lost a lot nobody of money. Saw, it, nobody saw this movie. I saw it. I saw it at the Chinese theater. I went and saw it when it came out. And I tell you what, what a great experience to see that movie in the Chinese theater. What a classy was, theater to see a non-classy movie in. It was a $25 million budget. Worldwide gross was $10 million. Yes. That'll kill your uh, your your sequel plans right there. But man, was it a funny movie. When I first saw this movie, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I thought it was just, it was just a lot of fun. It's a fun movie to watch. It's fun. It's just goofy. And then... Nick Cage, when, when he tells the because he's undercover trying to bust this um, this uh, I think it's exhibit. He's the drug lord in the movie. He's trying to bust him, and um, it's some rapper. That's all I know. 
I think it's exhibit. I'm trying to find who it. Where is he? He's somewhere oh, in here. sorry, I can pull it up. Never I mind. I was pulling up for, uh, footage of Werner Herzog eats his own shoe. Yeah, no, it's exhibit. Exhibit the, is the drug lord, and then uh, a lot of people are in this movie. You got uh, uh, Ava Mendez, Brad Dourif. You have uh, okay. Uh, Let's stop right Sh- there. Sh- Jay Wiggum. Brad Dourif is in the movie, and I was yeah. like. I've already seen this movie before today, and I, I loved it the first time. Today, last night I was watching it at fucking twelve thirty at night. I started the movie, yeah, and I was like, I don't want to watch this on Sunday. I'm watching the whole thing right now. I stayed right. up very late watching this because it's two hours. Yes, and um, I'm sitting there watching it. I'm like, I'm laughing along, and I'm like, yeah, it's a pretty funny movie. And then I'm like, yeah. Brad Dourif, he's a guy. He's one of those guys I have an obsession with, and. Uh, <laughs> Yes. And his daughter is part of that, too, because she was in the Stand sequ- uh, series yes, that we watched, was. the remake. Yeah. She's in a, she, and she's in a Chucky movie that he voices. It, I find that family, the, the dynamic there between those two is fascinating, if you ask me. Yes, it is. Very much so. Because they seem like they get along so well as a, as a father-daughter. And I'm like, that's, that's like everyone's goal. She does, she does what I do, and I love her, and th- they're both successful in their own right. Yeah. They're not making millions and millions, but they're... Like, everyone respects the shit out of him. Oh, yeah. Like, but Brad Dourif, Exorcist, Exorcist 3, that's all you need to watch. Oh, yeah. And Brad Dourif is hands down one of the, the finest actors. I mean, just watch Deadwood. In Deadwood, he's incredible. He has a scene in Why Deadwood. Why didn't you tell me he was in Deadwood? We've talked oh, about this. Sh- no, you told me this show. We talked about it, so, like, last week. Oh, I, I thought you knew he was in Deadwood. Why would I know that? Oh, he's the doctor. He's fucking great. In the first season, fuck. Now we need to watch it. Okay. Oh, he's so great. There's a scene where he's just he's talking to God because this priest is has has a is dying. He's going crazy, and he's like, "Why you do? Why do you do this to everybody?" Like he just has this breakdown because he was a Civil War doctor, so he had to see kids crying, and he talks about these 15 year old boys crying for their mama, and I'm there trying to bring him to life and i can't do it and you're like he just has this amazing monologue just crying just being like why are you doing this to me why do you do this to people and you do it to the people that love you it's just like oh it's so good the first season of of the first season of deadwood is the best second season's okay third season's fine but the first season's amazing it's worth watching just for the first season. Yeah, now that I'm almost, I'm like almost done with Sopranos. Yeah, that'd, that'd be worth watching. I know there's a lot in in season six of the Sopranos, but I'm like three, four episodes deep in season five. I'm almost done. Yeah, and I didn't think about. I was watch. I was looking at Deadwood, and I'm like, mm, it's only two seasons, right? And I'm like, mm, two or three, right? Which which is it? It's three, and then they had a okay. movie. The yeah. movie sucks. Don't even bother with the movie. Well, you told me that about Sopranos <clears throat> too, but I'm still gonna do it. The Sopranos movie is better, yeah. But the but the but the uh, yeah the the um, Deadwood. yeah that show sucked. The the, the show uh, the Deadwood movie sucked. I'm I'm still Very gonna watch the Sopranos movie, but the Deadwood movie or the Deadwood show I I didn't you you just kind of threw me overboard there. Now I gotta watch it because Brad Dourif. Oh yeah, it. oh Brad Dourif is so good. You know, like I like I told you, Bill Paxton. There's certain actors when I find out they're involved. With a project I've been on the fence about, that's it. I gotta watch it now. Yeah. Same thing with the uh, Sopranos. Um, I, yeah. I like uh, Imperioli. I love that guy. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, don't tell me any 
spoilers with him, but I love him. And he's not in the show enough, if you ask me. He's, yeah, he's a good actor. He's the main reason I started watching the show, finally. I was like, I know, I knew yeah. he was in it before that, but I was like, yeah. all right, fuck it, I, I'll watch it. And I'm like, oh, he's in like every third episode. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. What a waste. Tony. T. <laughs> yeah. He just, he just got out of rehab when I'm watching. Yeah. <laughs> I die for you, T. I go stand up to the gates of hell with you, T. What you did, and I, I wish you didn't spoil that last week. About oh. who, who really killed his dad. <laughs> I, just, oh, oh, yeah. I went through that whole sequence and I'm like, oh, well, it's not that guy. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luckily, and don't correct me, I don't remember who you said actually killed his dad. I'm pretty good about spoilers, and I went, oh, no, and I pushed it out of my brain. Well, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't no, don't tell me. Who set it up. It wasn't, yeah, it's not okay. like the, I don't the know. it doesn't matter, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to, I, I want to watch the movie fresh, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah. We'll talk it. about it, you fucking gabagool. Oh, my God, get some gabagool. Got no fucking smoked turkey in here. I did Fuck make you. a manicot. We made manicot yesterday. It's so fucking yeah. good. Oh, I tell you, if you watch Sopranos, you're going to be wanting Italian food. God damn, I was, and we made it. It's and like it's... you, Jones, and yeah. Right now, some... I want to go downstairs and get some more. Cause we got, I, mean, I was like, we're making two pans, because I know on Saturday, I'm going to be done. And I'm like, I want to some fucking manicot. I'm like, that's what I want. Because I've had that several times in my life, and I'm like, it's so, so fucking good. Yeah. Big ZD, <laughs> they also discuss even more. Big ZD's kind of, kind of lame. Unless you put like uh, uh, either eggplant or you put zucchini in there, right? And I feel like they don't do that when you buy it, so you have to make it yourself. Well, you have to dress it up. Yeah, you have to. You yeah. have to make it your own. Because other, if you just if you just get store bought, it's just like cheese, meat, sauce, and maybe a second cheese, and it's like right. so fucking bland. But you have to have eggplant or or zucchini. Otherwise, don't even fucking waste my time with a big ZD. Don't don't even get, come near me. Yeah. So, Bad Lieutenant. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> we're we're no, way pretty, pretty much that, that's that's the movie. I mean, Bad Lieutenant is what it is. It's it's, it's worth seeing. Um, I think if you if you're on the fence about like was that a good movie or not, no, go watch it. It's one of Nick Cage's best performances. He's having a lot of fun. It's he's 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 good in it. He's having fun. It's it's his fun movie. I don't know what what love oh God that pillow. <laughs> oh, with this with this new pillow help you? Is this weird? Yes, it is. I have a new pillow for my birthday. Oh no! And I know you're not a fan, but all right, ready? Oh, look at that! Oh my God, it's it's prison Mike. Oh, prison Mike. Okay, it's well, the office. Oh, I, I like the office. I just haven't seen it all. But we're gonna have to hurry up because I'm getting attacks here from uh, the um, the poop factory. Go right, yeah, no problem. Okay, couple things. So, I, I don't. I like the. I love the movie. First of all, yeah, it's I don't want to say I like. I love. Uh, no. It's an. Uh, there's so many awful shots in this movie that go on way too long, though. The alligator. Uh, the, it's that weird the, digital. It's weird digital. Uh, picture. It's like they're torturing animals with a camera. The the iguanas. Yeah. One of them snaps at the fucking camera because it's a fucking yeah. iguana. And there's a, a third time where they do. I don't remember the fuck it was, but and they got like the dancing soul part where they shoot the drug dealers. Shoot him again. His soul's still dancing. 
Yeah, he does a lot of coke and he does a lot of uh, crack. He's just having yeah. a long, lot of fun. I did like the fact that uh, um, uh, the who was the his dad in that movie. So I'm trying to remember what what the character was. His dad mm-hmm. in that movie is Dennis and Deandra's uh, grandpa, and and it's always sunny where he plays a Nazi. Oh, okay. Very. Oh, yeah. Okay, there you go. And he's in a bunch of stuff. You you know who he is. Um, there's a surveillance team. Uh, I meant to bring this up and get a timestamp, but when the fuck was that? It was when they're watching Exhibit's house before he meets him. And I'll bring up the timestamp and find it, but why the fuck? I'll show this because this is right here on my timestamp. Why the fuck does halfway through the movie... Okay, in the beginning, Cage sounds like Cage, right? Just he, you know, he's got the back problems and he works because he jumped over the water into the water with Hurricane Katrina to save that guy and fucks up his back. And he talks normal, and then suddenly, like halfway through the movie, he starts talking like Ryan Phillippe in Away of the Gun. He does. You notice that, right? It is. It's very noticeable. Yes, I forgot. Because yeah. listen to this. Okay, here's Ryan Phillippe in Way of the Gun. Can I ask you something? Sure. Are you a faggot? See, you asked me if I was heterosexual. I asked you the same question, only I was clear about the answer I was looking for. I just... Simple little scene, right? Okay, so here's Cage talking to his dad on the porch in in the fucking crack shack that his dad calls a home. Well, I'm not in any kind of shape. To take on something like this. Look, I I get home from one meeting, I lie on the couch, and I wait till it's time for the next meeting. That's all I can do right now. Well, let your wife deal with her. They'll they'll get along like sisters. Why is he suddenly oh go along with It's like it's Jimmy. It's like Jimmy uh, uh, Jimmy Stewart. Go along with yeah. (laughs) He suddenly starts sticking his tongue up in his mouth. To like mask a voice and it I think he's halfway, getting more and more unhinged and that's what he's trying to do, I think. But it doesn't work. It's suddenly you know, like it's one just, scene I was a, like, is this Ryan Phillippe? choice. What? Yeah. But it's the exact huh. voice I've seen another actor do in a better movie. Yeah, uh, you, you, I have to go use the bathroom real fast. Give me like five minutes. You go right ahead. You have to take over. Turn your camera off or I'll remove you. So, he does the the Ryan Phillippe voice in that, and I can't understand why. And uh, if you haven't seen Way of the Gun, check out Way of the Gun, because it is a far superior movie to this, if you ask me. But it's not a well-known movie. It's, it's Ryan Phillippe, Benicio Del Toro, a bunch of fucking James Caan. Um, a lot of people I can keep going, and I can't think of other people in the movie. There's a lot of T. Diggs, Juliette Lewis, Jeffrey Lewis, her dad. A lot of fucking people in that movie. Anyway, great movie. But I don't know where Cage decides, go start doing this. Why am I doing this? Oh, are you a faggot? Like, he asked that. He asked, it's the same fucking dialect. It's, it's very strange. But he starts doing it about halfway through the movie, and it's coming after a number of things happen in the movie where he's he's already in the, okay, in the very beginning, him and Val Kilmer are partners. They decide to let this guy, and they take like bets on when this guy is going to drown in his jail cell during during Katrina. And, the, and Val Kilmer's like, all right, seriously, let's get the fuck out of here. 
And Nick Cage is like, all right, I'll save the guy. All right, here we go. Jumps in the water and then immediately cuts to a doctor going, well, your spine's all fucked up. And good luck with that. That shit's for life. And I felt that very hard. I'm on my third back surgery already. Number four, not far, not far in the horizon. I'm looking over here in the horizon of my life. It's not far out there because not, not much better. Uh, I heard a, a verbiage, uh, some verbiage after my back surgeries where if you have one back surgery, you're going to have a second. I'm like, I wish I knew that. Because here I am at number three, waiting on four. Okay, so, okay, he has to deal with that and he starts taking like Vicodin and then he quickly, you know, descends into cocaine and drugs and gambling and he's fucking Ava Mendez, who's a prostitute in this movie. Seen here above my head, right there. And... He, he owes money to Brad Dourif. He owes 3000 Eventually, he owes 5000 There's a lot of unrealistic parts of this movie where Brad Dourif shows up to cop station to file a complaint against the cop for owing him money on illegal betting. That doesn't make any sense. Why? It, there's a lot of like heightened realism in this movie that doesn't make any sense, and especially in the wrap-up at the end. But I'm not going to get there yet. I want to wait for Dick. I'm just covering while Dick takes a massive dump, if you will. Because if you're stuck in your house and kidnapped like we are, they feed you bad food. I did make some food, and they let me have a family here. That was nice. That was nice of them. But you eat some bad food, you got to take a lot of shits. Um, the, okay, so he Nick Cage protects Ava Mendez a couple times, one of them being... He kicks a guy out of the apartment, takes his coke, no harm, no foul, nothing ever pops up from that. The other time, though, he kicks a guy out, that guy is really connected, and then his dad, that guy's dad, and his two associates come after Nick Cage for $50,000. So the whole plot of the movie really is less exhibit, which, is that exhibit? Dick said exhibit, I just assumed that he was correct on that. And how he killed five people in, in the... In uh, New Orleans, three of them being two, two or three of them being yeah, exhibit three of them being children, like fucking tiny little babies. Um, there's a kid who witnessed this, and he interviews the kid by torturing his grandma. He takes care of the kid for a while. The kid vanishes, and then he goes back to the old folks' home to talk to the grandma some more. Takes the oxygen out of the old lady's nose and twists it up, and she's like, he's talking to the grandma of the kid up above her because she's doing her hair. And he's like, she's not going to last long, so what do you want to do? And they have like a 12-minute scene, and this lady's off oxygen. I'm like, she's dead already, man. Sorry, man. He finally torches the old lady and, and just scares the shit out of her, where he finally gives, he pulls a gun on her, and then she gives it the information and puts her back in her nose after a couple takes. Puts the gun back to her head and is like, you pieces of shit, you're the ones ruining this country. Your people are, your, your daughters and sons and grandkids are waiting on your inheritance, and you're fucking it all up. I should shoot you right now. He does the whole thing, and he leaves. And he gets caught by both those two previous scenarios that is mentioned, where they come and take his gun. So therefore, he's no longer a bad lieutenant. But he continues the investigation for some reason, where he immediately goes undercover with Exhibit. There's Dick. And then he's, like, working with Exhibit about how he's going to tell him about the scores, if they're safe or not, and if the police are coming, and there's that whole thing. Welcome back, Dick. I had a cleanse. You had a cleanse? I mean, a lot more fruits and nuts the last couple of weeks, so I think it's cleaned me out. 
You do what you got to do, man. Not a problem. It happens. I was talking about his descent into drugs. That's really what yeah. I was going off there is. Well, because he's on the painkillers for the back injury. Yeah. And it's just it's just a, a, a laundry list of drugs after that. And it's just that slippery, slippery slope of just getting high to feel better. Yeah, that's kind of what I was going over, but I was going in, in the detail as well as the, how the drugs are affecting the individual scenes. And, you know, I love the scene right. where he, he's holding the gun to the old lady's heads. <clears throat> yes, shaving. You're ruining this fucking country. Your ki- grandkids should, are waiting in an inheritance should, and you're fucking hanging out here. I should fucking kill you now. I should fucking shoot <laughs> you right now. I should shoot you right now. It's, yeah. Oh, it's great. It's so much fun. It's hilarious. And he gets his gun it's taken away movie. and his stepmom is Stifler's mom. From American Pie, yes, and she's a she's an alcoholic. Meanwhile, she's bitching about how her husband is an alcoholic and has to keep going back to rehab. And then they have Eva Mendez come there because she's on she's running from that guy's father, and they don't get along because she has drugs on her. And they they have a long awkward scene there. It keeps it, it reminded me of like the house reminded me of the house from Fletch too. Right. Do you remember that? I don't. I never saw Fletch too, but I know what you're talking about. Fucking terrible. It's not good. Yeah. It's one of my many reasons I don't watch comedy sequels because Fletch two is yeah. fucking terrible. Yeah, it's Fletch one. Fucking yeah, solid. Fletch fun. Yeah, Fletch was good. I like the Fletch one. But you got to put up with a lot of Lakers jerseys, but. Well, have you, have you ever read the Fletch books? No. I, I got a bunch of them when they were they were on sale. So I haven't read any of them, but it's like very. Um, like it's pretty much it's written like line dialogue 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 dialogue. It's like that rapid fire dialogue between oh, characters. Fucking one of those stories. It's like a detective story, and it's like there's no because I read like the first Fletch book. I was trying to see if it was anything comparative to the movie. Nothing at all. I mean, it is not. It is nowhere near Chevy Chase. Just well, Chip, well, none of the lines he says can possibly be from anything because it just came straight from cocaine. Yeah, Chevy Chase and cocaine. But I love the, the lines in Fletch, though, where he goes, uh, oh, Cash Fletch. Yeah, I saw my pimp today. Because <laughs> he's getting his alimony to his wife. That was the first movie that introduced what alimony was to me. Really? Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Interesting. And I was like, why would you have to pay? Okay, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I've never been corrected or updated on that information since then. Really? <laughs> well, I've never known one person who actually has to pay alimony. Uh, yeah, because it's not child support. That's alimony's for spousal, right? Yeah, but yeah. I think alimony you can you only have to pay for half the length of the marriage. Uh, I wouldn't doubt it. But in movies, it's like that's the rest of your life, man. Right? It's yeah. Like, mm, I don't think so. That's yeah, not fair. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Yeah. But anyway, well, um, men always get the short end of the stick. <clears throat> well, yeah, that's because we have the biggest stick. <laughs> that's right. goddamn right. Okay, so eventually he starts working for Exhibit. He he closes him on some drug deals. His his deal is to get fifteen thousand dollars a piece of of the deals, just so they don't get caught. And he rides along with them. He pulls the gun on Exhibit and he demands his money, but the whole time he's like snorting coke and he's. He's just going crazy at this point where he's losing, he's losing control. But I think that's kind of the point, which is he's not actually losing control. Right. But maybe he is. 
Well, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, he's not out of control because he's he's keeping it together and getting the case solved. Like everything works out. He he he, is, he, he achieves his goals yeah. in the movie. Like everything he, he does, he, he it works out. And he does it. That's why I think that's why I was saying we need to save more time for this because there's actually more to discuss. Right. Eight millimeters is very straightforward. It's a solid fucking movie, but it is straightforward. Yes. And what are we going to talk about the fifteenth time they watch a gangbang movie? I, that remember that Enema movie, Enema movie they watched where the girls like eh, and they cut. No, well, the, yeah, no, the, the yeah. I don't know what to talk about there. No, no, the, the, the scene where uh, they're watching the, the snuff films and he goes, "Oh, snuff to the re- the resurrection, <laughs> yeah. man." That part's fun. Yeah, that was funny because they find out that half of them aren't real. None of them. Oh. They they never found a real one except for the one that's the the premise of the movie. Uh, but this one, there's a lot more going on because it's is it drug induced? And I do have another theory. I'm going to float here in a minute because. Okay, he was fired. He has exhibit. He's working with exhibit for drug money. Those three drug guys show up, and exhibit already has a, has a shotgun below his desk that Nick Cage saw. That's why he got up and went around the desk and was snorting coke there and smoking crack. And he makes exhibit smoke out of the crack pipe. He's like, "It's my lucky crack pipe. It's the one he stole yeah. in the beginning." And I have some I have some questions on this. When he pulls it, we talked about this scene before. It's the only scene I've ever brought up from this movie. When he pulls over that couple. The claimant came on the club, and he goes, what do you have, drugs? And he's like, oh, you got these drugs. What are you going to do to get out of this thing? And she's like, eh. She starts jerking him off. But she's facing him, and her, her legs are, like, very close together, right? And then his pants are, his, you know, his dick's out of his pants at this point, I assume. <clears throat> but she's not bent over. Her legs are not spread. But he's thrusting, and she's standing still. And I'm like, I always assumed he fucked her over the car, but that's not my memory is not what happened because I'm watching this. I'm like, what is happening here? I don't understand what position they're doing. I think he can't feel anything. So it doesn't matter. He's just so fucked up. It wouldn't matter. He could be fucking the tailpipe literally. And he wouldn't know the difference, but it's, it's here's the scene and I'll play it. Cause you don't see anything. You stand there and you watch. You watch her. Okay, look. She's thrusting. He's thrusting. Her legs are not open even wide enough to get a dick in there. I think she's just doing it because it's the situation. Is he fucking her thighs? Like between her thighs and just... It's like a a Cinemax Uh, after dark. You watch your fucking Uh, girlfriend. uh, You watch your fucking girlfriend. What are we watching here? It's that scene. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, so it's it's a it's a dark movie. This is why I put these two together. They're both very dark. I don't know if it's that dark, honestly. I would I would think this would go better with uh, bringing out the no. I, I would say eight millimeter and bringing out the dead would go better together than these. Two. Yeah, but the problem is they came out the same year, so I didn't. I don't know. Well, that's why that would be the connecting tissue. <clears throat> but I like I like these two because it's I like to see like how he grew with a right. similar style movie. I don't know. It's just, I'm just curious to see water. what his his real tattoos because he talks about how he's got a bunch of tattoos. <clears throat> you think they're like Priscilla or uh, 
Uh, yeah, name, he's, a, he's got <laughs> he's, he's Lisa Marie Elvis tattoos all over himself, but he's like he likes the old fat Elvis. He doesn't like the the like the Marine Army Elvis. He likes no, the no. post uh, comeback special Elvis. Yeah, you got to have a uh, just before heart attack Elvis. <laughs> just before he died on the toilet, Elvis. So my question. Because eventually him and Val Kilmer arrest Exhibit. Val Kilmer is debating killing him. It's the same scene in the opening where Val Kilmer is actually more piece of a shit. More piece of shit than uh, Cage's. Where Kilmer doesn't want to save the guy. He leaves. Cage saves him. Ruins his life. Kilmer wants to shoot the guy going. He goes for his gun and we shoot him. No big deal. He's done. He's like, arrest, handcuff the guy. All right, handcuff him, handcuff him, handcuff him. Keep saying it. They decide to arrest him because he takes the gun away. And then from that scene on, it's just like he goes back to his precinct and the guy's there like, oh, hey, I just want to say my dad didn't show up. So we dropped our charges and we withdrew our complaint against you. And and then Brad Dourif interrupts that conversation going, hey, your debts are all paid off. They won. Yeah, yeah, They won by three. You didn't watch the rest of the game. It's crazy. it's like a sitcom ending. It's so it's so sitcom. And I, it's just bizarre. And the second Brad Durf turns his back, and his captain, that black dude who's in The Sopranos yeah. as well, yeah, he yeah, goes, yeah. "Hey, we just found out that we just found the crack by end scene. Your partner found it. It's crazy, isn't that great? That's all wrapped up too. All right, bye." And then it's like he goes to Ava Mendez, and she's off drugs now. And he found the silver spoon out of nowhere. He's like, "It's not silver, but I found it. Here it is." And I was like, "It, it reminded me." Of like, if you got a, like in creative writing class in high school, if your teacher wrote a note that said, hey, none of your plot points are wrapped up at this point. None of your, you have a lot of loose ends. And the high schooler went, this solves, this solves, this solves, this solved. All right, bye. The laziest fucking ending. Right. Well, I think that's the, that's the point. It's supposed to be, it's just, it's pretty funny. It is. But that's what it reminded me of. Just like a writing experiment of a, of a high schooler who went, ah, fuck you, lady. All right, there's your endings. All right, bye. Right. Here, they're all, all in one second here. It's like a comedy sketch. It was like a naked gun thing. It is. Very, it's very SNL. Like, it's just a bizarre way to end it. It's just, But it, it works because you're like, what else was going to happen? It's like this, is, this guy's the, the luckiest bad guy in the world. And... Okay, so I'll finish off this last thing here, and then I'll get to my main question for the episode. Okay, he gets everything solved. He goes back. Ava Mendez is clean and sober now because she went to some meetings with his with her dad, with his dad rather. Right. And so she's there, and they they leave. Cuts to one year later. He's she's no longer pregnant. the bad lieutenant. He's the bad sergeant. And Ava Mendez is pregnant. His wife. No, sorry. His dad is sober. His his dad's wife is sober. They're all drinking water. They're toasting. Ah, oh, such great moments. Ah, oh, great. So everything we've seen is great and happy. Yeah. And then it cuts to Nick Cage, like, trying to do drugs in a hotel where he's like, and he gives up, and he's like, this is so boring. And then a guy walks in, room, room uh, service, and he's like, you order this, the chicken palm? He's like, I didn't order anything. He's like, oh, wrong number. You're that guy that saved me. And it's the guy you saved in the beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he talks to him and he helps him. They go to an aquarium and they sit there and then he and he, you get the assumption he's gonna come clean now. He's like drug wise. He's gonna be clean. 
My question is, when does Nick Cage die in this movie? Was it during the shootout? It's all a dream. You have to. You have to think about that. I don't know about that. I never. I never had that thought watching the movie. It's okay. So the second there's a big shootout, and then he goes back to his his dad's place. And while he's in that shootout, the drug guy goes, "Make sure you cut that. Otherwise, you don't want you don't want to kill whoever gets that." Right. Cuts the cage immediately, sorting that shit raw. Sorting a bunch of it with the stepmom present. She's like, we're both, we both love our poisons. And then it's just fucking great news from there on. And he falls asleep next to her on the couch. And it's just such an awkward scene. And I'm like, is that where he died? <laughs> Maybe. Because that would, it really would explain the rest of the movie. <laughs> and why it's all like, wrap up, wrap up, wrap up, wrap up. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe that's the point. It's just, you need to just, um, you have to have your own thought. It's your own uh, your own reasoning. Well, here's the thing. I leave, my it, own... I leave it open-ended for you to discuss with your friends. Here's the thing with my own reasoning. I don't think he dies. I think the point of the movie is he's a piece of shit and gets away with everything and just gets what he wants. And sure. everything happens to work out and he moves on. Because that's what I think of the point of the, what the Werner Herzog is trying to say. You don't have yeah. to be a good guy to get good things. Pieces of shit get good things, too. It's a nihilistic well, yeah, movie. Yeah, well, it's, it's the, like I said, it's the, the uh, uh, crime and punishment. It's that, that uh, it, uh, Woody Allen did that a lot with Match Point and a few other movies where the bad guy gets away with it at the end and there's no, there's no repercussions because it doesn't matter. The, the universe is indifference to it. It doesn't, just nothing matters. Yeah. There's a difference between when your main character ends up being bad, but compared to this sort of thing, which is rare, where your main character is bad the entire way through and still gets mm-hmm. away with it. I can't. There's not a whole lot of movies that follow that trajectory. Yeah. That's why, I, I, and I think I like it better that way because it, I, I think it's funnier, and I think that's, Werner, Herz, Her, Werner Herzog has a fucked up sense of humor. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what he's going for. But I also do appreciate the fact that it's so night and day in those transitions I was mentioning where he falls asleep next to his stepmom. That yeah. You, you can clearly see that he died there because it is like, you know, this is fixed. This is fixed. All right, all right. Here's a promotion. Here's a baby. Like, it's just so like, like. Do we know that for a fact that I've never seen that, though, in any kind of uh, essay form or article form? With regarding this movie, I've never seen that that suggestion. Well, I didn't think about the first time I watched it because the first time I watched it, I just assumed the first the A side I just mentioned there, which is the bad guy, the 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 terrible person's rewarded for no no reason because life is not a movie. Yeah, that's how I watched it this the first time, and the second time I was like sitting there and I'm like, is he dead? Like, because everything is just like. And it feels like a dream scenario where you're like, oh, and he's like passing out, dying next to his mom, stepmom. And that's just the last thing he was like, that's what he's picturing in his mind. Right. I, I don't want an answer. I don't need an answer. I just, it's throwing it out there because that's what I was thinking about when I was watching it the second time. I thought it was more interesting than, uh, it's more interesting than 8 millimeter. I'll give it that. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. So now let's get to our 
final segment of today's episode, if you will, which is the verses. Mm. I need your attention here. Yes. Eight millimeter versus bad lieutenant port of call in New Orleans. Boom, 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 boom. Very similar backs. Cause look at this shit. That that right there <laughs> is just it's the same designer. It has to be. Is that the now look at Snake Eyes? The Snake Eyes has the same background. No, Snake Eyes down? is different. But uh, yeah, eight millimeters weird. Columbia first look studios by Bad Lieutenant. So hmm. not even. Yeah, it is crazy because look at that. Eight millimeter. It's Bad Lieutenant. Oh, sorry, Bad Lieutenant. You can almost you can almost uh, flip it and be like, yeah, yeah, this is eight millimeter right here, Bad Lieutenant New Orleans. So here's a uh, bad lieutenant. Yeah. And you got eight millimeter right here. And yeah. And eight millimeters got four star rating. Isn't that crazy? On the back. Yeah. Go figure. Okay. So I, I kind of think we're going to have a little bit of a disagreement here and that's fine. But versus, um, I, I, uh, should I start with uh, specifics or do you, let's start with the overall rating of the movie, I guess. Which movie do you prefer? Which one do you think is better? Oh, Port of uh, New Orleans, definitely. So you prefer Bad that? Bad Lieutenant is a better movie, yes. Okay. So what what do you give this movie out of 10? Oh, Bad Lieutenant, I think I gave it an 8 what, out of 10. I'm what about 8mm? 8mm is about a 6, 7. Wow, okay. Probably 6. Because it, it, it could have been really good, but I get, there's something off about it. I mean, it, it's fine. But again, it's like... In that era where seven had just come out, and then eight millimeter comes out, and hardcore was already made, and cruising was already made, so I don't know. I feel like eight millimeter, for it being so dark, it's 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 familiar familiar territory. We've already seen it. Okay. Um, interesting. Whereas New Orleans, Port of New Orleans, Belly Ten is completely bonkers, and you don't you, the movie like that just don't come around too often. I I will not disagree with anything you said. However, I will disagree. Oh wow! I prefer Eight Millimeter. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I, mean, I, I enjoy both movies equally, but like, Eight Millimeter is is it's just dark. It's just a dark movie. Yes, it is dark, but I like I like the filmmaking better. Yeah, okay. I the filmmaking yeah. alone makes this movie. I I like the scenes they set and the the locations they're in, and the character Catherine Keener is really great in the movie. Yes. Although so is Ava Mendez, which surprised me. Mm-hmm. She's fucking solid in that movie, and she they find excuses to have her in the movie more. Like she's at a hotel, and he goes and saves her because the girl the guy ran away, the kid. So he drives her back, and I'm like, this is just an excuse to get Ava Mendez in another scene. I yeah. get it, but... <laughs> but And I'm right. fine with it, because she's here, yeah. and she's actually doing a really good job in this movie. Yes. I wish she had more to do, but I also really wish Catherine Keener had more to do in that movie. Yeah. Because she has nothing to do but, come back, come on, I'm leaving yeah. you, and... Where are you? I, ha- I, I hate that you? women have those roles in, in manly movies. Right, yeah. Like just I'm I'm the not even damsel in distress. She's just like the bitter wife at this point. You're the provider. You're supposed to provide well, for me. Where are you? Well, I'm also watching Sopranos. I'm, and Ed I'm Fal- providing for you. All Edie Falco has done in five seasons is like, okay, tell Ro, did you hear that he's gonna leave her? And then, no way. And that's all she's done. I'm like, 
Poor so lady. Sopranos, Sopranos right now, do they get divorced yet? They just No, they're going through it. They're going through the divorce? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that part where she put, he punches out the wall, that already happened? Yeah, that already happened. Okay. The no, bear in the backyard. That was the episode I just yeah. finished. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, it, she's going to have an, an affair soon with uh, David Shatheran, and he has the best line in the show's history. Is it an affair goes, if they're already separated? Well, they're separated, but, you know, whatever. But um, <laughs> David Shatheran says, you used the only weapon you had, your pussy. pussy. It's the best line. I was just like, that's fucking great. That's so awful, too, because poor Edie Falco just wants someone to love her, and he, like, throws it in her face like it was fucking all ruse. Furio, no. the pussy yeah. left. And he's gone. He never comes back. No, I assume as much. Yeah, okay, so 8mm, I gave an 8. Yeah, okay. I will say this. Bad Lieutenant, Protocol, New Orleans. I liked it a lot more on second watch. So I would imagine my third watch, I'll like it more. I gave this a seven. Yeah. I like it's more imaginative, and it is a lot more fun. You can't say it's not more fun. Like, that's an impossible statement. This is a much more fun movie. Yes. I just don't like Werner Herzog as a director. But I think a lot of it worked in his favor of this movie. I just wish the studio was like, Werner, Werner, go go fuck yourself. No 12-minute shot of an iguana going at the camera while Nick Cage is in the background. No, fuck I, you. I, I cannot lose that shot. It's too important to film. I did not have the, I did not have the digital projectors in the gulag. Well, I, I was watching this with my wife. And she was, she was like, you know, she's getting comfy at night because it was 12, 1230. Well, shit, yeah, you fall asleep. And we get to the iguana scene. And I'm sitting there like, fuck you. It keeps going. And they they already did it with the alligator where it's just like out of focus and it's terrible, like, HD. Yeah, it's got that weird HD. uh, I I think the whole movie is shot in HD. I don't think this is on film. I think the movie is an HD movie. I think. I can't I imagine like Werner Herzog working with HD. Well, he, he does. I think he does. He doesn't mind that. I don't think he's a, he's that much of a stickler for film. I think he'll use whatever tools he has for the film. I don't think he cares. I don't know, but 8mm has a 6.5 on IMDb. This has a 6.6. So the internet says wow. I'm wrong. Well, the internet's stupid. We already know that, though. But I'm looking to see what this is shot on because I'm curious. Because I think it was HD. I wouldn't be surprised if it's digital film. If if part of New Orleans was a digital movie. Um, negative, negative format, Kodak Vision. For poor call, thirty-five millimeter. Okay. Yeah, the reason that stands out so much the alligators or the iguanas is because it suddenly switched to bad like camcorder. HD, and it yeah. looks terrible. I think that was the pur- I think that's on purpose. But he didn't even color correct it. Is the problem? Yeah, I he think let like, yeah. he let it look like shit. Yeah, and, and that's my problem with Werner Herzog is I don't like experimental, especially in the middle of your like pretty good movie. Like, why suddenly the five seconds of experimental, and the experimental right. doesn't have anything to do with the main character because they're supposed to be imaginary iguanas. So, right, what are these fucking iguanas doing on my desk? Oh, man, get out of here. What's going on over Those here? Those aren't iguanas. What are you doing? You know, the the first theme song I ever had for Nick Cage cast? 
Yes. Has that clip in it at the very end. Oh my god. I'm wondering god. if I can even find it. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> um, Nick Cage cast. There's no, there's no video here, so it's just going to be audio. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Uh-oh. I was a little drunk. Plus, I was horny. <laughs> A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z! You see what you love! I'll be damned if I didn't get it. What do you say we cut the chit-chat? A-hole! How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! Hey, have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and being until you... Fucking iguanas doing on my coffee table. L I W Nick Cage cast. I don't there give a go. shit. See that's that's a good that's a good uh, flurry of edited Nick Cage scenes. Yeah, that was just audio. I mean, I could do it with video, good. but I don't want to. I'm not gonna do it. That's that's pretty solid stuff right there. You can't go wrong with this. <sighs> I'm not gonna top that. What I'm gonna? No, you, come you on. really can't. I'm sorry. No. You really can't. Yeah. So. Okay, we're, we're done. I voted 8mm above it, and I don't want to disagree with you and say my vote matters more, but I did make the rankings. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you either. That that I, I could see how you could like this movie more. I really do. Well, I have more of a, more of a personal attachment to this movie because I went and saw it with my buddy... And afterwards, we went and had pizza at uh, California Pizza Kitchen. It was like our date night. It was hilarious, and that was our joke throughout the whole day because we really we both knew this movie was coming out, and this was like the only theater in town that was showing it, and this was like the only theater in the state of California showing this movie because it was not released wide. It was limited release, and it was gone in like two weeks. Well, that's what happens me. when you when you, that's how yeah. you uh, make half your budget back. Yeah, it was. Just what do you the, expect? An experience to go see it in in L.A. at the time, living in Hollywood, going to the Kodak Theater, Chinese Theater, and then going to the Kodak Theater Mall and eating lunch, eating dinner at CPK. Back when all that shit it's, existed, and now it's long gone. Now it's all long gone. gone. It's just weird. You know what's sad is I asked my wife, I'm like, can we find, for my birthday, can we find a Greek place? And I told this story about oh. the place we, you know, where, by the Kodak Theater in between Grauman's and the Kodak, where they had that, those bowls, and you could just dip your thing in there, and you would pay. I told you about this place, and you didn't remember it. No, but, I don't remember. But it was like, their, their little schlop, like it was the, it was the uh, spinach dip, and they had the, the hummus, mm. and the right, yeah, little yeah, pieces yeah. of pita. And that's all you oh, did, yeah. and you just ate it. And I'm like, I, I want to find a fucking place like that out here. Why is it so hard? We didn't find well, it. We got, we got sushi really? instead. No, because they're, they're, all the Greek places should have hummus. No, or at least they have hummus, head. and that's it. They don't have... I want somewhere you can get all those dips. Yeah. And, and it's cannot do it. Wow. But anyway, here's my rankings of Cage movies on the left, Cage performances on the right. I did put Bad Lieutenant a little further down than you would like, probably. On the on the right side, but quality of movie, I put eight millimeter at number eight. That was not coincident. That was just random. Wow, you put Bad Lieutenant below Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. 
performance-wise. Quality of cage. Yeah. I told you I didn't like. I didn't like what he was. I think he was just trying to do rage cage, and it just felt forced at a certain point. It felt like he, he's just. What are you doing talking about? I have a different voice, and you just don't like it. Uh, are you a faggot? I'm. We. I asked you the same question. Only I was direct about the answer. I was like, it's the same fucking same voice. It, are you a faggot? But I. I did like it. It was a. It was a simple performance in eight millimeter. I didn't go crazy and put it like you know way up top, but. The movies themselves are better than the performances by the by Cage, if you ask me. Although okay. he is good in both movies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh... okay. Yeah, that, that's fine. Like, I, I, that's fine. We all have our own opinion. That's fine. Yeah, these are just mine, I'm and uh... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to misjudge your your uh, your your list here. The what have you? I I do adjust my list over time as as well. So some of these times, sometimes you, if you ever look closely at like episode per episode, they switch. Something switch over, yeah. Yeah, um, I did get rid of all the cartoons and stuff like I mentioned last week, but yeah, it's it's a good, both solid performance, both both episodes, both movies, I should say. So we got yeah three out of four because Running with the Devil. Uh. But like, if you're looking for a good. Let me grab this. If you're looking for a good, crazy Nick Cage weekend, you can't do worse with this. Sorry. That's a, that's a pretty dark... Yeah, it's a very dark uh, trilogy right there. They're all dark, and they're all... This is important. Different enough. Yes, they are. Like, they're not dark in the same way. Like, this is a yeah. dark character study. And dark as far as, like, a city goes overnight and saving these people's lives. This is dark because he's just... A drug drug addict. And New Orleans is fucked up. And this is dark because it's a whole world you don't want to be a part of. Yeah. And if you do want to be a part of it, do not listen to our show. No. I don't want I don't want to know you. I don't I don't care. I don't want to look at you. I don't want to know you. I don't give a shit about you. Okay, last thing before we go. I'm gonna look this up. When I moved down to New Orleans, it was about a year after the hurricane Katrina came through. So this movie came out after that. So Hurricane Katrina was 2005, I want to say. I went moved down there in 2006. Mm. In this movie, they show them. And I'm glad they did because there's X's on buildings. Do you see these in the movie? Yeah. So it's like an X uh, with red spray paint. And like in the top quadrant, quadrant it would say like, X3, and, and the right one would say, like, negative 3, and the, and the bottom one, something, and the left one, normally nothing. Right. The theory was, my friend goes, when I was down there, he goes, I hear that one of those boxes represents how many people died inside that building. Mm. But we all, we looked at them forever, and we worked around them for, for a year and a half, and I never found any, like, correlation between what could possibly be bodies. Okay. I'm looking up right now for my first time here on the show. Spray-painted FEMA X still marks the storm in New Orleans. Okay. Okay, here we go. This is what I'm looking for. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. The top block shows the date that the house was checked. Okay. Okay. Um, when do I find out the rest? If, 
And that's the mystery. It's not solved. Is that it? The article never finished. Good day. Good day, sir. Okay. Good day oh, sorry. To you. It continues there. Uh, the top block is the date the house is checked. The left block is signed by the task force that inspects the house. So maybe the left one, which I said was normally empty, maybe that's where they put it. Mm. In the white quadrant are special instructions, anything from gas off to FW, food and water left, to any other pets or issues the house might have had. The bottom block shows records of how many people were found in the house. There we go. Okay. So that's mm. bottom. Often the solitary number counts those who have died. Okay. So turns out the, the thing was correct. Because this is what you would see. And you notice the height of this spray paint because it was a hurricane and the house was underwater. So look at this picture. Oh, yeah. So, and there's one down here. So, yeah, it makes sense. Date. Okay. No entrance. See. Okay, clear. All right. I'm just curious. I thought I'd do that on the show because it was relevant to this movie because I saw it several times. Yes, it's in there several times in the movie. And I want to solve that mystery, see if it was all fake. But it turns out it was right. It was just the bottom bottom X. All right, let's get out of here. Until next time, which will be Tuesday. Amos and Andrew in two weeks. Oh, my God. Two weeks from today. Sammy oh, Jackson, Nick Cage in a, in a pretty good comedy. I'm Amos and Andrew, you motherfucker. Is that what you think happens in that movie? Have you ever seen it? No, I, I don't think so. No, I never saw it. I just like PG. It's a PG movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's actually yeah. it's actually pretty good. I wanted to see it. I've always been uh, curious about it. I do like the, both those guys. So. Well, it looks like one of those movies that you would watch and go, oh, so 90s. But I watched it and I was like, this is actually pretty funny. Like, why mm-hmm. is why is Trapped in Paradise C- Cage's comedy movie? This needs to be Cage's comedy movie. Raising Arizona, be- obviously. but Because Dana Carvey's in it. But he's... There's so many like That's retard wild. jokes in that movie. They literally yeah. say that so many times because he's a little slow. You're a retard. What are you doing? How oh, the... dare you, you retard? You just remind me of someone. It's a bomb! He's got a bomb! Yes, because I'm just too cute for words. All right. Until next time, in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. Dick Dick ass. So long, citizens.